And we're back. Another episode of Talking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. The brave new podcast. Of the beast. Of the beast. <laughs> episode 14. Of Brave New World. Of Brave New World. Yeah. Episode 4. How you doing? Yeah, this is, this is taking a long time. It's going to take some time. <laughs> we got a lot to cover. It's such a great album. Yeah. And it's our last one. It's our last one. We went one. through all the studio albums. Yeah. Save this one for last. Totally. Savor this one. Savor it. Drag it out. <laughs> Every episode, I'm like, no, this is the last one of these studio albums. Yeah. For now. For now, yeah. Yeah, mm. awesome album. Yeah. Fantastic. We we went through the first three tracks. Right. All positive. Yep. Now it's going to turn. Blood Brothers, worst song of all time. <laughs> I'm laying it out there. Just kidding. Uh, we're going to start with the cover. Yeah. And no, we're going to start with a beer. beer. We're oh, get a beer first. That's a good idea. What's this here? We got Nickel Brook. Brewing Co. This is the Cause and Effect Blonde. And on the cover here is a fantastic. What is that? Calisthenics? Is that the, the where they used to have the, the brain and they'd split it up? Was that, I think was that think, I'm thinking about Simpsons, thinking about remember? Humunculus. Humunculus. <laughs> remember it was uh remember Burns had a, the scalpel and he goes, Of course you'd say that, Smithers. You have the cranial slopage of a stagecoach kilter. <laughs> remember that? No. You don't remember that? Simpsons is Mr. seared Love into Mr. my uh, brain. Burns. Okay, it's a blonde, four point seven percent. Uh, where's it from? Burlington, Ontario. Burlington, Ontario. Yep. Right on. Let's do it. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. All right. Good work. All right. Now we're talking. Mm. It's pretty good, but it's very light. I was expecting more flavor. Yeah. It's an easy drinker, that's for sure. I don't know. This is not the kind of beer I like to listen to when I'm when I'm thinking about or like to, this is not the kind of beer I like to drink when I'm thinking about Blood Brothers. <laughs> it is a light tasting. Uh, it's a light tasting it's beer. Very light. Yeah. Not a lot of flavor on it. No, it's all right. It's nice. Quench it very thirst. That's you know, it's the Quench kind of beer it. you have, you know, before you go to church. <laughs> it would be a good summertime beer, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Brave New World. Hmm. Get back into this right away. Let's do it. Let's do it. Before we get into the tracks, we didn't t- let's talk about the cover art. Cover art. What's your, what do you think? We've of the talked art? about the cover previously in the past. We have in way the back in the past. single, I think the single digit episodes, yes. like a hundred and something episodes ago. Yeah, way back. Yeah. Um, I love the art. I think it's very cool. Yeah. So it's Steve Stone did the city. Derek Riggs yeah. did the the Eddie face up in the clouds. That's right. It's the two artists. Yeah. I think they commissioned both. Before we get into it, I think it's very cool. A futuristic yeah. London with it is. Eddie in the, in the clouds with like lightning yeah. and stuff. It's very cool. And it's we don't often put it in context, but this is 2002, right? Yeah. So it's the turn. You know, it's it's a new millennium. It's 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 cool. Yeah. Yeah, like, I love it. what London will look like in 2020. <laughs> and it's a very iconic cover. It is. Like, it's very cool. It stands out. And Eddie's very prominent, which is something yeah. that I like to see, even though I love a Matter of Life and Death cover. Yeah. But he doesn't front and center in this one. And he doesn't dominate it, though. Like, yeah. You know? But it's still very, yeah. I don't know, it's very, very ominous looking. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It, 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 it's, a, it's an amazing landscape. I just really like it. Yeah. I don't know if it's a classic, though. Mm. Although that Eddie is in the clouds is cool to like stick into like t-shirts and stuff. That's yeah. pretty cool. What's funny about it is it's a futuristic uh London, you know, um 
what do you call it? Cityscape. Cityscape, yeah. But there's already multiple towers that have been built since, which are not That here. aren't there. Yeah. No, I never thought about it yeah. before. Well, remember, we walked along that. We did. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's pretty cool. Mm. Or maybe they've been uh, torn down by the time this picture was taken. Ooh, in the future. <laughs> oh, God. Um, now, now you sound like all those uh, <laughs> people over there tearing up sod. So I'm not 100% <laughs> sure what the story behind this cover is. Yeah. But here's what I think happened. And then we'll get into a little controversy afterwards. Controversy? But basically, Steve Stone is the cityscape. Yeah. Derek Riggs is this... Uh, Eddie in the clouds. Yep. Basically, that Eddie, I think, is the Eddie that Derek... I don't think Derek Riggs painted this Eddie. Yeah. I think he painted, and I tweeted this out, a picture of this. It's on our Twitter, and you put it on our Facebook. Yep. Before this episode came out. Um, the unused Wicker Man cover by yes. Derek Riggs. It's that Eddie, I think. It, I'm positive. It's, it's more that or less Eddie. the same Eddie. If yeah. you look at it, it's exactly the same Eddie. Oh, cool. And I think yeah. that some third artist... Took the cityscape, took this Eddie in the smoke from the unused Wickerman co- cover, put uh, that Eddie in here, in order to kind of like have it blend into the background. Yeah, they used, and this is also on our Twitter and Facebook. If you looked the, <laughs> the sky from the Fright Night poster. Yeah, the Fright the Night movie poster. Fright Night. Yeah. If you look at the movie Fright Night, it has a house and it has this like face in the clouds. Yeah. Face made out of clouds. That's right. And if you look closely at the face at the the clouds in this Fright Night poster, there there's faces that are exactly Yes. And this. actually the really uh prominent on the printing of the new um Digipack. The Digipack, yeah. Yeah, cover. You can really see the especially the screaming face on the uh, left there. Yeah, so now, if you look at Eddie at you look at your Brave New World yeah. album cover and you see the Eddie and you look to the left of his face. And you can see, like, a face with teeth. That's right out of the Fright Night poster. Yeah. You know what? Wow. So let me break this back down. So that's what I think happened. They had the the Derek Riggs. Yeah. They had the Steve Stone. They dropped them together, and they're like, we need something to help these blend. That's right. So... Let let me let me break this down. In way back in the like in our first ten or so episodes, yeah, we we did something with covers, and this cover came up, right? And then did it, we rank it was, album covers? It, it was something like that. Something. And then the guys from Made in Canada were on. That's right. Way back. Right. And then one of them emailed us after at listening to a follow up episode about covers, and they said that's where this came from. They right? said yeah. They said hey look the Fright Night. You know, and then and then you know they had, they had credit. They said no, someone mentioned it on Reddit or whatever. Yeah. But we identified that absolutely, and and we're going to tweet that out. The Fright Night cover is the background on this. Right. But what you've come up with here now is that the Wicker Man Eddie is this Eddie. Is this Eddie? And you know what? What gives it away? You're absolutely right. Is look at the teeth. Yeah, the te- it's everything. The teeth. And if you look exactly at a high res version of both together, they're identical. They're it's it's exactly that Eddie. So, so I think someone took that. Put them in Photoshop and just kind of, you know, yeah. blended them all together. You know what I got to say? What? That's some jolly good sleuthing, Nesbitt. <laughs> but guess what? I think a third person yeah. probably did it. Well, actually, if you look at the – I'm looking right here at the uh, at the credits on the album. It says, uh, sleeve artwork concept and design by Peacock. Front cover artwork, Steve Stone, Derek Riggs. So it doesn't really say – I don't know who Peacock is. Mm-hmm. But that's definitely where the Eddie came from, and that's definitely where the sky came from. And then Steve Stone provided the. Uh, I went on Steve Stone's website. You can see all kinds of cool. Uh, yeah. He has all kinds of cool art on there. But it's, it, but that's you know 
that's where it came from. One's a computer-generated thing, and one's like a hand-painted Eddie. That's why the Eddie looks a little, a little bit different style. It's two yeah. different artists put together. But uh, that's it. If you look at it, you can see there's like a screaming kind of face here. Yeah, there's, there's like those here. screaming sharks. Yeah, and but it's right out of the Fright Night cover. Yeah. Yeah. It, when you see it, it's very uh, blatant. Oh, it's obvious. Yeah. You know, it's not even questionable. Oh, I got a quote from Steve Harris. He says, We were going to call the album The Wicker Man, same as the single. However, we had second thoughts, and well, you know, we had a title earlier we liked. So at the moment, we are torn between a couple of different titles, and ditto on the artwork as well. We've got about six artists, photographers, sculptors working on various incarnations of different covers. Yeah. So I guess they had a whole bunch of different things, and this is what they ended up with, was kind of a few of them put together. Now, I love the cover. I don't know if that story takes away or adds to it for me. It's not like the Dance of Death cover where it just wasn't finished. Yeah. You know, I mean. Well, the artist, yeah, the Dance of Death. He yeah. doesn't even want his name on the credits. Cause yeah, it's, yeah, it's so bad. But at the same time, that is a little bit sketchy. Yeah, I don't think yeah. anyone thought anyone would notice. No. Until now. Until. <laughs> who, who, Busted it yeah, like, Maiden <laughs> fans wouldn't look into that stuff. I mean, who's, who is this guy? You know, I was like, oh, the Maiden fans aren't going to, you know. I'm wondering who, like, would be the first person to ever notice that because it, it's, it's, I don't know. I it's guess someone who's, if you're a huge Fright Night fan and you had that poster on the wall, then when you saw that sky, you would yeah. probably pick up on that. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you though, something that I've been doing. Okay. I, I got You're not going to believe this. Okay. This is a true story. I've, I never told you this. I'm bringing this on the podcast. You know, at, you're not on Facebook. No. But I am in a bunch of Facebook groups and there's always these like, you know, super gorgeous women with maiden shirts on. Okay. So this is what I've been doing. Every time I see it, I save it and I run to Google images and I do an image search and it's always like some model with a black t-shirt that they put Iron Maiden on. Oh, really? And it breaks my heart. I'm trying to find one who's a legit Maiden fan. But they're always like, oh, my God, this person's amazing. And it's always someone just took and, you so know. So you can probably find the same picture with, like, Judas Priest, Slayer. Probably. Motorhead. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I don't know. The, the thing that Maiden fans wouldn't catch on, <laughs> you know. The only other thing I want to talk about as far as cover art. Yeah. Do you remember Virtual Eleven when we were talking about, we went through the inside and you're looking at the band photos and they're all like soccer themed. Yes. And you brought up Nico. Yes. And you said, look at Nico. He looks like he doesn't want to be there. Yeah. If you, I have the vinyl here. Yeah. And if you look inside at the band picture. Yeah. How does Nico look in this picture? He looks like, he he looks looks like, he looks like the cat that got the cream. (laughs) That's what he looks like. He looks very, look at him. He He looks happy. He's a happy man. The rest of them all have kind of these like sneers on. Even yeah. Dave Murray looks half like serious. And... Do you know what I want to draw? I want to draw <laughs> the uh, Beast cover where, you know, the the, the devil's playing and yeah. then Eddie and then Nico's playing them all. Oh, yeah, because cool. he's in there. He's like, yeah, that took me a while. But he looks like he can hardly contain his smile. He's oh, like, he's looks happy. like he's biting his lips because he doesn't want to smile. He's happy. Picture. And everyone else is like... You know, including Davis trying to make it not look like a smile, but it's still a smile. It's For a, Dave, that's it's not a smirk. smiling at all. That's not smiling. <laughs> Everyone else is like, let's be, let's be, let's be like serious. Yeah. You know? But Nico, yeah, he has a, it looks like he's dying to smile. He looks yeah. extremely happy. He is happy. So anyway, that's just the difference. His plans have come Nico's to fruition. On those two. Let's get into Blood Brothers. Okay, let's do it. So Blood Brothers, uh, 100% Steve Harris writing credit. Yeah. Seven minutes, over seven minutes. Um, they had a habit of dedicating the song live to like a whole bunch of different people in the 2010 leg of the final frontier world tour. They used to dedicate this to Ronnie James Dio. 
he, uh, he, got, he did a few things for metal. First of all, he was the world's shortest singer apart from me. Uh, but he sang his ass off and sang rings around me and always will. Alright? The other thing, the other thing he did was he, he gave heavy metal that. He invented it. And uh, we were talking, I was talking to Nick, um, Nico, uh, Nico, still here on me, yeah, there he is, yeah. And we were talking about, we were actually talking about Dio's songs, and he said, yeah, he said, we were in Antwerp backstage once, and, and Dio went on stage and he goes, I fucking hate that song, Rainbow in the Dark, he said, the fucking guy always bugs the shit out of me singing that song. And Nick said, well, why do you sing it? He said, because the people want to hear it. I'm just, you know, going to do it. So I was just thinking about, you know, if Ronnie's upstairs, you know, you know, then this is, this, I could actually say, Ronnie, you are the fucking rainbow in the dark at the moment, you know? Whether you know it or not. Give him the side of the horn and say, Ronnie, Scott Blood Brothers. So yeah, they dedicated to a few different people over the yeah. years, but that's the I like it when they dedicated to Ronnie James Dio, the inventor of uh, the horn hand. Yeah, yeah. Is he is he credited with that? Yeah, he and he's the one that came up with this. Cool for metal anyway. Yeah, um, I think his grandmother used to do it to like ward off the evil eye or something. I can't really? remember the story behind it, but yeah, really? and he started doing it. And he all like that's the Ronnie James Dio thing. Yeah, that he contributed to metal. I just assumed it was one of those things like the thumbs up. Yeah, goes well, it back. is now. <laughs> yeah, it is now, yeah. Uh, Steve Harris says that this is a Tull-influenced song. He says it's an homage to Jethro Tull. Yeah. Which, I don't know about that. I guess it's, it is kind of, I guess, but when I think of Jethro Tull, I think of a flute. Yeah, <laughs> I think of B-sides. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but Steve also says it's about his father. And that's, remember we talked about how that, that's part of the darkness of the X-Factor Mm. was kind of... He went through a divorce. And, yeah, uh, and his father died. Yeah. But he uh, actually mentions his dad in the lyrics. Yeah. You know, when he says, just for a second, a glimpse of my father I see, and in a movement he beckons to me, and in a moment the memories are all that remained and all the wounds are reopening again. Nice. So it's a very, like, emotional Steve Harris, like, laying his heart out song, which is kind of cool. Just for a second, a glimpse of my father I see, and in a This is, again, where you're kind of getting into that new Iron Maiden formula yeah. of the slow intro and build into an anthemic chorus. Yeah. Which they kind of, after this album, they really, you know, they really hit on that. Yes. Um, what are your thoughts of this being placed here on the album? So that's that's the one, one thing I wanted to backtrack on. In the last episode, I yeah. said I wouldn't change any of the orders. Yeah. This is like such an encore song. Yeah. It's just such a, you know, right here at four. It is probably one of the strongest songs on the album in the sense of, you know, not... It is solid, yeah. In in the sense of, like, where it is in Maiden lore. Yeah. Like, people who don't like this... It is iconic. Maybe. It is iconic, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. from the new era, Blood Brothers, like, sometimes when you think about the classics that are going to always come up with the encores, you know, or, or near the end, you know, you're going to yeah. think about Run to the Hills, you're going to think about Iron Maiden always going to close it out, you know, you're going to go through Wasted Years and all this stuff. Like, this is the one that, 
you know, comes off this album is from the new era that stands at, right? And obviously, you know. Yeah. Um, so from my perspective, it, it is it is so big in Maiden, Maiden lore, right? Um, but right here at track four, I don't know. I kind of, I always feel like it's a, it's, it should be almost an ender. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And to me, it's But I like, know you're going to say that the ending track is perfect on this is. album. But yeah. then you have, you have Wicker Man. Yeah. Which is like a rocker. Then you have Ghost yeah. of the Navigator, which is a lot longer than, it doesn't seem long. It seems, but it fits really well. Like you're, and then you yeah. go into Brave New World. Mm. But then you're coming right into Blood Brothers. And this whole like, a uh, brave new world. And then yeah. we're Blood Brothers. It's just yeah. like you have two very similar yeah. songs back to back. Yep. And to me, I don't know if it kills the momentum of the album a little bit. Mm. You know what I mean? That's a fair point. Because they're both, I don't know. Yeah. They're similar songs to me. Blood Brothers to me is, you know, it's a great track and I love hearing it. But it is a five or six or seven out of ten when you're listening to it. It's a 20 out of ten when you're drunk at the concert hearing it. It's like, I think, it's oh, yeah. made for just like leaning into it. Oh, yeah. It's the shed night. It's the home from the bar. It yeah, is epic. Now, yeah. It's not, not that it's a, a low track. Otherwise, like it is meant to, it's like, you well, know, okay. it's like wasted I think years. This song is very, very yeah. similar. Not in any other, not in sound or anything, mm. but this song, I feel exactly the same way that I feel about fear of the dark. Yeah. Which is like, it's a good song. And when I hear it on the album, I'm like, oh, yeah, Fear of the Dark is a great song. Mm. But live, Fear of the Dark kicks ass. Yeah. This song, live, kicks ass. Yeah. Although I think I like the song This better song's the better, album. not live. Yeah, you're right. You're but, right. But you are right. I mean, I, I would say. But it's say still that same thing where it's like, it's multiple m- times better Multiple live. times better live. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wasted Years is the same way for me, too. Yeah, but that kicks yeah. so much ass a lot uh, on the album. It too. does, it does, but <laughs> it it just like they, they're they're almost so every good live. Song is like that. Oh yeah, they're all good live. Like you know, you know yeah, I mean, we're never at the concert going like, yeah, I could yeah. I could do without this. I mean, we even like run to the hills at the concert. You know, not, it's a good song overall, but I mean, you know, it's no, not it's a classic. It is a classic. But I just think that's the only my only criticism about Blood Brothers is right after Brave New World. Yeah, I think they would it would have been cooler to throw like Dream of Mirrors or Fallen mm. Angel here. Or maybe the, yes. the maybe both of those, Especially, and then into Blood Brothers. Yeah, Fallen Angel would be perfect. And then bring here. it up with like the Mercenary yeah. Silent Planet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just these two back to back are so similar. You know, it's yeah, a small yeah. complaint. Yeah, but that's like I never thought of it that way. Yeah, I just thought of it as like, well, Blood Brothers for me is such a, such an iconic track. Yeah. It's also with Wicker Man, the only two we've seen live. I think that's correct, isn't it? On this set list, yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, so. It's it's iconic. I love it. I've always just thought, to me, you know, they'd never play. I don't think they'd ever play a set list with it early on. Like when we played, I think it was in the encore in the Book of Souls tour, wasn't it? On the Rock in Rio set list, it's the sixth song. Okay. So they go three from this album and then yeah. two hits. Yeah, but that, that, that doesn't surprise me because yeah. it's new now and they usually get the six hits out. In the first nine songs, yeah. usually five, six in the first nine songs. So the set list is Wicker Man, Ghost of the Navigator, Brave New World, then Wrathchild, Two Minutes to Midnight, and then Blood Brothers, which I think flows a lot better than that's what I mean by having like two really fast rockers to space out these two. But I mean, it's a, like I said, it's a small complaint. I'm not really complaining. It's a great song. And it is enough different from like Brave New World. Brave New World is very guitar heavy, and there's a lot of like. You know the three guitars. It sounds very full and stuff. This one is full on orchestra, key like keyboard orchestration. 
Yeah. Like the first thing that you notice on the song that really hits you over the head is the keyboards. So if you look at the credits in the album, it says bass and keyboards by Steve Harris. Mm-hmm. But then they also credit Jeff Bova, which I mentioned a few episodes ago. So this guy, Jeff Bova, they credit him with keyboards and synthesizer. And then I dug around and I found an interview with Steve Harris mm. talking about Jeff Bova. And he says, uh, they ask him about Blood Brothers. And he said, it was a guy called Jeff Bova. He's a guy that just sits there in his room surrounded by all different keys and sounds. And then he takes them and layers them up. I was actually so pleased with how it turned out because I was a bit tentative when we sent out the tape to him. I wondered what on earth he was going to come up with. I was very pleased. Nice. So I think they laid this track down. Yeah. Sent it off to this guy, hmm. Jeff Bova, and he laid the orchestration down. Okay. And it came back. So I'm assuming, like Steve Harris doesn't seem like he really knows who this guy is. He calls him yeah. this guy called Jeff Bova. But he got a credit. Yeah. But uh, Kennedy ass- is like losing his mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but I'm assuming the record company maybe or yeah. someone from the industry knew this guy. Yeah. And they sent the song off to him, and he orchestrated all the stuff underneath and sent it back. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Um, he, I've looked him up, too. He worked with, like, since the 70s, he's worked with, like, Cyndi Lauper, Iggy Pop, Michael Jackson, Eric Clapton, Bee Gees, Hollow Notes, Meat Loaf. Like, he's, like, an industry go-to yeah. keyboards guy. Yeah. He's also credited on the Book of Souls album. Mm. Uh, on his bio, I looked up his website, and uh, he's got credits on there from Book of Souls. Um, and that's something we wondered about um, when we did the Book of Souls album, is if it was Michael Kenny or Steve Harris. But then I found this credit for him for Book of Souls. So he was involved like in some capacity. Interesting. Um, I think Jeff, I think Michael Kenny is credited with playing on the Book mm. of Souls. But I think maybe he arranged or orchestrated some of the parts. I didn't look into it too. <laughs> it seems a bit cruel. But I found this one yeah. credit on Jeff Bova's website about the Book of Souls. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he had something to do with Book of Souls. Interesting. But uh, what we're basically talking about are these keys in the intro. Right away you hear what sounds like violins or like string instruments. Yeah. Yeah. So I shared a, a post a few weeks ago on our Facebook, uh, basically about the background. It was like a BBC thing from the mid-80s about synth submergence okay. in rock yeah. music. And I basically just said synth, yay or nay for Maiden. Yeah. Resounding yay. Well, Everybody if you're into was, this era yeah. of Maiden, you kind of have to be in the keyboard. You have to be, all yeah. over Maiden albums. They're and, all over, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you listen to all these like reunion mm-hmm. albums. Yeah. This keyboard's everywhere. But Seven Sun was what most people fixated yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, that's yeah. the first emergence of the full-on yeah. keyboard. The full-on, yeah. Keyboards here are kind of cool. They just kind of set a mood. It's a very moody intro, which is kind of cool. Mm. For, you know, it's a very deep and kind of brooding song. Um, they make really good use of the three guitars, especially live. Um, so, like, live, you have one guitar strumming, 
One plays this like arpeggiated thing, and another one plays like a melody line. Yeah. This is something that you only get with like the three guitar lineup. That's so cool. that's kind of cool. Yeah. And then when they play that live, they can pull that off mm. where with two guitars you wouldn't be able to pull that full sound off live. It's just kind of yeah. cool. So yeah, you have that main guitar melody, but then you have like a guitar part like this underneath it, this like arpeggiated picked out part. Then you also have a cool, like, strummed guitar part. cool that you have like that melody of the do 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 yeah but then you have these little things underneath it yeah and with three guitarists you can really pull it off live yeah and that's something you couldn't do before that's 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 really neat i've yeah. never really paid that much attention to it yeah i kind of feel like blood brothers is like a song about love you know they say like you don't hear it if you're not in love I feel like Blood Brothers is a song you don't hear unless you're drunk. You know what I mean? With your buddies. <laughs> yeah. I'm seriously, I feel the same way. Like, you're playing this, I'm like, wow, is that, is that Blood Brothers? Yeah. I, like, for me, it's peak when we're at the concert. And it's like, Book of Souls. And you look was, around and everyone's yeah. just like, got their arm around each other. And they're all yeah. just like, you know, singing along. Amazing. It's a great Maiden song for Maiden fans. Our Book of Souls encore, I believe, was, I think it was Number of the Beast. Then it was Blood Brothers, then Wasted Years. Yeah, Wasted Years. Yeah. yeah. And Wasted that was, years in this together yeah. are just like <laughs> perfect, perfect way to cap off a... There, there was some hugging. <laughs> <laughs> there was some arm in arm singing. Yeah, there, there was, was some. Lot of arm in arm there were some moments. True. There were some Terry free moments. <laughs> but it's a very, uh, yeah. I don't know, it's a very cool song. The solos in the song. Yeah. So Dave Murray's has the first solo. Uh, a bit of like improvised whammy bar, like wildness. Yeah. To it. Yeah. Um. Short and sweet, and it goes right into this, like, dual guitar harmony part, which is, again, you know, yeah. the three guitars, it just sounds awesome. I know, I know I said this about Wicker Man, but these are, I think, again, maybe my favorites on the album. <laughs> like, I love it. So this is Dave stepping yeah. up and having the first solo. When that all ends and it wraps yeah. back up and then he comes back in. Oh, yeah. But I love so that. Good. I love the coming out of the solo into that harmony part. Yeah. It's so cool. That's a great solo, but Dave. Oh, man. The real solo to talk about in this 
song is Yannick's solo. So I think this is one of Yannick's, maybe one of his best solos yeah. in his career. Um, we always talk about Yannick and he's like the, the wild card. He's always playing all this crazy stuff. Yeah. There's none of that in the solo. This no. is him going like straight for like melody and like pulling yeah. on the heartstrings. There's yeah. so much emotion in the solo. Yeah. They come out of this dual guitar harmony part, and then Yannick just lets it riff with this awesome, awesome And he meshes solo. it in perfect. Oh, yeah. Go, yeah. Man, that's it's a amazing. very emotional solo. I just yeah. Love it. yeah, I think that might be his best. I think yeah, you're right. That's cool. up there. Top Again, three. Again, I always say when I'm Ugh. talking about solos, I'm like, the solo has to fit the song, and that fits perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I'm so that's biased. Great. As soon as I hear something, I'm like, yeah, that's the best. <laughs> I'll buy it now. I'm in. So this song has a bit of a history with Blaze. Blaze worked on this one with Steve Harris in the Virtual 11 sessions. Yeah. Um, they actually demoed the song in the studio. So somewhere in Steve Harris's like archives, there's a demo version of him and Blaze working on this song. Wow. According to an interview I read. Um, is this the most ballady song yeah. you think that they have? It's a, it's, it's a weird song. It's up there with Wasting Love. No, it's a, but that's <laughs> back to the Blaze thing first. Yeah. It's a weird song to write with someone you're about to fire. Yeah, we're step brothers. We're ex blood brothers. Like we're blood brothers. Hey, we're blood brothers, right? Oh, totally, totally. Until a better profit opportunity comes along. Oh my god. Yeah, but this yeah. is one of their most ballady songs. Yeah. Actually, I take that back. The Journeyman is probably way more. Yeah. <laughs> Wasting Love is more of a power ballad, but this is it's it's a really great song. Yeah, it's. I don't know. For me, it's it's one of the iconic. It's not a, you know, it's it's like it's like the trooper rises above the album. This rises above the album. It's just it just belongs in Maiden Lore. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very and cool. it's 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 more like a part of that. That's the way I view it. Yeah, one of those like you know, it's just an iconic track that's meant to be played, you know, at at a concert, and it's just a moment for everyone in in team family Maiden to look at each other and just say, you know. Yeah. We're all we're all in this together. Yeah, I know it's, it's awesome. just like the wasted years. It's That's why I was bad. so happy when they put it in yeah. the, in the uh, encore. Yeah, to close the show it's the with. way. Oh my it's god, a, it's where the song belongs. Ideal, yeah. ideal. It's cool. And when you're at a show yeah. and you look around, it's all black t-shirts. Yeah, and you're like man, totally are like Blood Brothers. <laughs> Whenever you're walking around.
around and you have your maiden shirt on the day of the concert? <laughs> yes. That's you go anywhere. Remember, yeah. like, every single show yeah. we've gone to, you just walk by and you see guys in maiden shirts. And yeah. It's like, hey! Everyone's like... That, they, that's what yeah. it's about. It's a brotherhood yeah. around that time. It's like a sports and a sisterhood team. It's like yeah. Iron Maiden. Yeah. It's a uh, family. It's, it, well, Iron Maiden's like a sports team. Yeah. And you're wearing the jersey. Exactly. And you, you know what I mean? On game day and you walk in, you see the guys wearing the same jersey as you and you're... But I said this before, and it's like Iron Maiden is like the sports team that everyone loves, and you go to their show, and they always win. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Ooh, that's a great way. It's like following yeah. a sports team that wins yeah, every yeah. single game. That's that's <laughs> a slightly different experience from the Leafs, which we won't get into now. They're doing or the pretty Browns. good. Browns. Yeah, there you go. We also won't get into. No. Um, there's a couple of versions of the song. Yeah. There's the full orchestral version, which was a B-side to the Wildest Dream single. Mm. in 2003 basically the same version as this but it has the strings kind of jacked up in the mix yeah um it buries the guitars a bit refresh more. me on that that was the one we went through and i didn't really notice much of a difference that, that was there's a few of these yeah passiondale is another one there's a whole That's bunch of right. these yeah yeah, that, yeah those are the ones that i, I have a really clip but it. i'm not even going to play it because yeah. you literally can barely hear unless you play them yeah. back to back you can't really hear the difference yeah these orchestral versions are like yeah, basically all they are the just the strings up slightly louder. Yeah. Um it's George Lucas. And I even I even made a clip yeah. of like the regular version and the orchestral version. Yeah. And it fades between, but you can't even tell where it fades. It's that they're that similar, so yeah. I'm not gonna play a clip. It's George Lucas throwing in an extra laser beam <laughs> and a and a job of the hut in the background, yeah. everyone buy my thirty dollar D V D bullshit. It's like yeah, it's like Star yeah. Wars if they're like, We made the lightsabers thirty percent brighter. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, yeah, <laughs> I can't really tell. Now in fairness it was a B side, so you know, but So there's the album version, there's mm-hmm. the full orchestral version. The one that's interesting is the rock mix. This was on the Wildest Dreams DVD single. Um, and it's totally worth mentioning. It's by far the best version of the song, I think. No keyboards at all. I think this is the version before they sent it off to Jeff Bova to add the instrumentation. Um, Where was this? It's on the Wildest Dreams DVD DVD single. single. Yeah. Okay. Listen to how much better the intro is without the keys. It's yeah. just the bass and the drums and the guitar. And you can actually really hear the parts. But I, I take this version like over. It's hard to go back to the album version after you hear this. Oh, God. You're going to ruin this for me? <laughs> no. It's, it's, it just it sounds so much more. You're being so ballsy. Terry right now. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Yeah. That is good. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, I we, have did, a, we didn't cover that before, did we? No, we've never. No. Uh, I think we mentioned it when we went, when we tried to wrap up our non-album tracks. Oh, okay. I mentioned all these versions. Okay. Um, but we didn't play a clip or anything. Mm. I have a clip here of the album version followed by the exact same section of the rock mix. Mm. The rock mix breaks down to just like bass and drums and palm muted guitar. Yeah. And the guitar line sounds like a guitar, not like a guitar synthesizer kind of mixed together a hybrid thing it's like night and day
it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's I not, don't know if I like it better because... It's not as cut and dry as you're making it to be. Yeah. I, maybe it's just that yeah. I've heard the other version. This one has a novelty factor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, you love breaking everything down. You like yeah, to, you, I like it when I can hear yeah. you You like to listen to all, all 18 parts of a song independently and then recompile it in your head. <laughs> so true. it makes sense for you. But I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I In that moment... It does sound kind of sparse, though. Yeah. You said uh, when we were listening that... Uh, the keyboards kind of sound like a, a violin almost, and yeah. that's true, yeah. yeah. And I like, like strings, that, though. Yeah. yeah, like it sounds like a stringed instrument, yeah. yeah. And and that is neat, and I like that. And without it, I just felt like, yeah, it was it's much more raw, but there's also a layer missing. They added it in for yeah. a purpose. Yeah, I that's guess That's the only thing I dislike. Full, yeah. Yeah. And again, I can't tell if it's just that I've heard the album version hmm. hundreds and hundreds of times. Yeah, and it's different. And now I'm hearing this and it's like a new yeah. take on, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, that's uh, a pretty awesome song. Yeah. Blood Brothers. Um, like you said, having this in the encore. It's the shit. I don't think it's a favorite on this album, but it's uh, up there. But th- like we said, live, the song just like comes alive. Yeah, but Blood Brothers is not really like a Brave New World track in my mind. It's like, it just... It's just a piece of, you know, it's it's yeah. it's another one of those theme songs. It's it's up there, right? Yeah. You know, it's it's number of the beast. It's trooper. It's wasted years. It's run to the hills. It's in that. Yeah. You know, it's that iconic. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, no one. It's no one's favorite song, right? But it's always there. It's got to be. Yeah. there. You know what I yeah. mean? It's, it's like a theme it's like song. Become bigger yeah. than the album. It's that's from that's almost. yeah. So I don't I don't even. I mean, to me, it's it's meant to be played live. Before we go on to the next song, yeah. I have one last quote. This is what Blaze Bailey has to say about Blood Brothers. Oh, God. He says, This one song, above all others, proves Steve Harris is a songwriting genius. <gasps> nice. Blaze, man, it's so classy. Actually, it's funny because Blaze Bailey actually does a cover of the song. Uh, it's on YouTube. It's Blaze doing Blood Brothers. It's an acoustic version, but he does a pretty awesome version of it. I thought it's Blaze doing a version yeah. of Blood Brothers. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of sad, but at the same time. Yeah. I saw an interview where he was talking yeah. about him and Steve working on that one. And he thought it was going to be a big song yeah. on the next album. Yeah, he was right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you remember I actually did a mashup of him and Bruce singing Blood Brothers together? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to play it again. No. But if you go back. Oh, I will play it again. I got it right here. There you go.
So I just yeah. took hit the Blaze version and the Bruce version and like mixed them together. So you can hear them doing a duet. I know. Which, uh, I don't know. It's kind of cool to hear them both. There's also, yeah, it's an interesting perspective, though, to hear them doing it together. You know, I have so much respect for both of them. But, you know, it, 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 is, it is tough. Like, look, at this stage, when this album came out, we never talked about it. But if, if, if one downside of this album or one awkwardness around this album... It was that it was released right around Silicon Silicon Messiah. Messiah, And he kind of got screwed. Which is almost as good as this album. Maybe as good as this album. Let's not go there. Depending what day you ask me. Yeah. I love Silicon Messiah too. I love it so much. It's not as good as this album, but it's up there. I don't know, It's so good though. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't have the, I don't know, Stare at the Sun's pretty epic. Yeah, but but this is 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 10 (laughs) tracks and and Silicon Messiah has like four or five or six amazing songs. It doesn't have the... The breadth of this, but that's I don't know. I'm not. Look, this is the problem with ranking things, right? <laughs> okay, next track. That's mm. enough Blood Brothers talk. Yes. <laughs> I am Blaze Bailey. You're listening to Talking Maiden, the podcast of the beast, possibly the best podcast in the world. The Mercenary. Mercenary. Uh, I have a quote from Steve Harris. He says, it really is about a bounty hunter. We named it The Mercenary purely because we didn't want to Mm. call it The Bounty Hunter. Yeah. So it's a Yannick written song. Uh, Yannick Mm. and Steve Harris. Originally written for Virtual 11. That's one too. This is from the Virtual 11 era. Yeah. It actually, you know, fits there if you think about it in some ways. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I could just I could just see that being on the album. I like this track a lot. Oh, it's, awesome. it's not it's not one of the strongest for me though. It's one of those it's... ones that the more attention you pay to it, the yeah. better it is. It's like people always complain about like the reunion era songs, yeah. how they're overly long or they have these long long intros. But this is a reunion era song that just has like a simple format. Yeah. There's no like gentle intro. It like cuts right to the chase. <laughs> There's that he's using that like gruff voice, yeah, the but rasp. in a really good way. It's oh, not yeah. as raspy. It's more he's just like leaning into it. Yeah. But but he's you, you remember how like for us to say that if we were to clip in you know no prayer like it would it's not that you yeah, know what I mean. Vocal sound his delivery sounds yeah. more. But he's raspy. It sounds stronger yeah. here when he hits that sustained note at the end to make trophies yeah. out of men. Yeah, this is yeah. a great track. So no yeah. question, but yeah. Um, something about this song. So this is a Yannick song. Mm. He actually brought the main riff from this song from when he was in White Spirit. So he was in a band, White Spirit, before he was in Maiden. Yeah. He demoed a song called Till the Kill, um, which is the same riff from this. And he basically recycled that riff for a Maiden song. But, I mean, it was a demo for White Spirit. Mm. Never was put on an album. So he, you know, kind of repurposed the riff. But this is the White Spirit song. Thank you. 
So that's from uh, White Spirit. That's from a studio demo from March of 1981. Wow. So 19 years later, Yannick's wow. like, I had a riff that for a song in White Spirit that we demoed, but we never finished off. And he brings yeah. it back. He's like, Statues of Limitations is up <laughs> on this one. Yeah. That's kind of cool. It's yeah. cool to hear that the origins of this came like way before. Yeah. Um, solos in the song. Dave Murray starts it. Adrian finishes it. Um, Dave's... Not, nothing really memorable about Dave's, just like some shredding. You know what I mean? Keeps yeah. the energy going. Adrian's is okay. It's melodic. But again, it's not too memorable. The solos are kind of like, uh, they're decent, but there's nothing really memorable about these solos. surprising thing for me about these solos and yeah. I agree with you that underwhelming is that um, it's not a, there's a Yannick song no Yannick solo yeah no Yannick solo yeah well he's, he's you know he's all over the place in the song but yeah. uh, in those solos he's not uh, although oftentimes when I hear it I, I confuse the second part yeah and think it's Yannick my one kind of thing about this song, I really like this song. Yeah. And, and you know, there's a lot of lot of pieces that are like nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. You've got to kill to stay alive. Show them no fear. Show them no pain. Now, that stuff's so campy. The way that Bruce sings it is just amazing, right? Toe to toe, throw the line. Everyone's caught, hand tied, iron will, iron fist. How could it have come to this? And when he leans into that at the end, yeah. there's so many great things. The thing is about this is, in the context of this album, yeah, it just feels a little bit like a filler track. Like it's kind of simple, yeah, a little bit repetitive. That. We're reusing thing... something. That's and that's not knocking it. That's yeah. not putting it down. This is not like the filler that we were talking but about the other, other albums. The thing about this song yeah. too is that there's a pattern on this album yeah. where they they go into the solo. Yeah. Then they come out of the solo and they go immediately into this like guitar harmony instrumental part for a few bars, and they do it on like Ghost and Navigator, Brave New World, Blood Brothers, Dream of Mirrors. As soon as they come out of the solo. They go into a like a harmonized guitar part, which is cool, 
But on this song, you kind of, I don't know, you kind of, I don't know, you kind of realize that there's kind of a bit of a formula on the go. This is what I'm talking about. So they tend to do a lot of stuff like that where they have the solo and then they come out of it and they go into like a thing like that, which is fine because it, it's pretty, it sounds pretty cool. Yeah. On this song, that part's not that memorable. I know what you mean. I wouldn't call a song filler because it's pretty awesome. The reason I don't call it filler, it's very good. Maybe it's great. I just feel like the song could use something. Yeah. You know what I mean? The album's so strong. Like you're coming out of like Wicker Man, Ghost of the Navigator, Brave New World, and Blood Brothers. Yeah. You hit this one, it seems a little bit of a letdown, but at the same time, you're coming out of, like, these three yeah. epics. And then you hit, like, a straight-up, straight-ahead rocker, which yeah. is kind of a relief after the heaviness of the two songs before it. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe the chorus, if the chorus could be a little bit stronger. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. But it's short and sweet, and it doesn't overstay its welcome. Yeah. It's a solid song. Four and a half minutes. Mm. If they tried to stretch this out, it wouldn't work. If this was on Virtual Eleven, the song would be nine minutes. Yeah, and then to tease it you know up I mean? for like Dream of Mirrors is such an epic, yeah, long. Track. But it's a great song, and yeah. the fact that it's so yeah. short and concise, mm. I think it really works. Yeah, but it could very easily bog the album down and be filler if they had to stretch it the yeah. way they did on Virtual Eleven. And I think the song would have been eight or nine minutes on Virtual yeah, Eleven. How long is the album? Like the album seems to be, you know, it's ten tracks, a lot of long songs. I mean, I haven't looked at the total time on the album. Yeah. But it, it's a pretty long album, isn't it? For me, this track, where it's at, it's okay. I don't mind it. I, I like it. A lot of times I, I love leaning into the chorus Bruce is going. But, you know, it's not a, a song where I'd come away and put it in the top four. Now I'm going to make you like the song a lot more. Oh, no. What are you going to do? <laughs> I'm not going to ruin the song. I'm going to make no. you love it even more. What do you think the song is about? Um... Literally, it's it's a mercenary, isn't it? Is that it? No? I think this movie's about the movie Predator. No! <laughs> okay. The lyrics are, pay to kill, die to lose, hunted hunter, which are you? Diablo come again to make trophies out of men. <gasps> and it says, lose your skin, lose your skull, one by one the sack is full. In the heat, dehydrate, know which breath will be your last. Oh, wow. So this Diablo come again to make trophies out of men... This is almost an exact quote from Predator, where in Predator they talk about, I think it's, they say like Cazador des Hombres. I don't know if my yeah. Spanish is right, which means the devil hunter of men. This is a clip from the movie Predator where they basically say like the demon who makes trophies of men. When I was little, we found a man. He looked like, like butchered. The old women in the village crossed themselves and whispered crazy things, strange things. El Diablo Cazador de Hombres. Only in the hottest years this happens. And this year it grows hot. We begin finding our man. We found them sometimes without their skin. And sometimes much, much worse. El que hace trofeos de los hombres means the demon who makes trophies of man. So you have lyrics about a jungle. Wow. She talks about people losing their skin 
and they're like in the movie, like people are losing their skin, their skulls, having their skulls collected in a bag by the predator. They mentioned Diablo in both, um, and they use the exact phrase "making trophies out of men." Yeah, and then you have these lyrics like "focus sharp in the night, watch the jungle burning bright." Like, yeah, I don't know. To me, this is a mo- about the predator. <laughs> it seems like it has a ring of truth to it. Like, no one in Maiden has ever mentioned the Predator connection. But, I mean, Maiden makes songs. Yeah. Did you just based... pull this out? I've read a few things people yeah. mentioned it on the internet. But then I yeah. really dug into it and actually got the quotes and lined up the lyrics are, like, almost word for word out of the Predator. Yeah. Now that I look yeah. at it, it does make a lot of sense. Yeah. The Predator is one of my favorite movies. Oh, yeah. I it's love classic, Arnold, man. man. So classic great. Arnold yeah. was amazing. When, when we were kids, me and my brother and my dad, we used to just go get another Arnold movie. Like, that was what he, you, oh, you yeah. could tell. That was and like, you rewatch them over and over again. Yeah, mom had something to do, and your dad would be like, uh, hey, you want to go get an Arnold movie? And we'd go, and we'd be like, hmm, yeah. Red Heat or, you know, uh, uh, Predator or Terminator or whatever it was. I can't even remember all of them now. Um, what was the one where he was the uh, Russian? Oh, Red Heat? Red Heat. Yeah. I already said Red Heat, didn't I? Raw Deal oh, Raw is Deal, another yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I can't forget Commando. No, Commando. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Commando is amazing. Yeah. I have that on DVD. Yeah. yeah. All those movies I've seen like yeah. dozens of times. That's right. <laughs> and Predator is one of my favorites. And now when I listen to the lyrics of the song, I'm just picturing the Predator. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I got to say that's awesome. Whenever I hear the song. My now, favorite I'm track like, on the, the album. Jungle. Now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, they did this one on the tour. Uh, we got flack on the yeah. Rock in Rio episode when I said that Out of the Silent Planet might have been a better choice. Mm. And now that I think about it, this is actually a pretty awesome song to do live. Yeah. We got an email from Aiden. He says, The reason the mercenary works so well for me is because it's fast, short, and punchy. It delivers its message quick and with power. The hook is great, and the guitar work blows me away, speaking from the perspective of a guitar player. Looking mm. forward to hearing your takes on Brave New World. Greetings from the Netherlands. Cool. So, uh, yeah. Nice. And live, the song is pretty awesome. Yeah. is uh, track number five The Predator nice <laughs> The Predator oh my god are we almost out of time oh again oh god well we don't have enough time to listen to Dream of Mirrors let alone talk about it oh yeah 
Nine minutes, 21. That's an overlooked gem. I know. On the album. Dream of Mirror is like a an epic, man. I know. Yeah. It's the first time we've seen a, a dream versus reality theme. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> only never, time. They've never mentioned that. Never, never brings that up constantly. <laughs> I love it. This is one of my favorite ones, though. Yeah. So that's it. We only yeah. get through another two tracks. Yeah, but we're, we we got through the bigger ones yeah. on the album. Although Dream of Mirrors, Fallen Angel, Nomad, Out of the Sound. Man, it's, this yeah. album's long. It's long, and there's a lot. <laughs> it doesn't lot. feel long, though, when you're listening to it. They're God, all there's, awesome. There's no weak spots. No. There really, really this is isn't. This a great album to end on. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. There's just, there's no, oh, <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I'm digging to find something to... It's hard to criticize. Yeah, like, that Mercenary, I can... It's a great song. How dare you talk about Predator that way? (laughs) But I can see how it feels a little bit fillery, only because it's like... The Wicker Man is this perfect rocker. The Ghost of Navigator is this, like, complex epic that feels like it's three minutes long. Mm. Brave New World and Blood Brothers are both these, like, anthems. Yeah. And then you're into the Mercenary, which is, like... It's just, like, coming off all that... In one way, it's, yeah, kind of a relief that you're just like, ah, oh, we're back into, like, a straight-ahead song. But then it also kind of feels simple compared to what you heard before. Yeah. But I guess there's nothing wrong with that. That's just a change-up. great. It's a change-up pitch. Man, yeah. the movie Predator is so good. Man, remember that? You know, like, he, he coats himself in muck. Like, everybody, he's on this every team. every single scene in that movie. Yeah, he's on this team, a mismatch, and, yeah. like, uh, you know, there's him and, remember, Carl Weathers is Billy. on it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he didn't have time to bleed, and, remember? Yeah. <laughs> Not Carl Weathers, uh, yeah. Jesse the Body. Yeah. No, well, no, Jesse the Body's on it, but so is Carl Weathers. Yeah, but Jesse the Body's the one that didn't have time to bleed. Remember? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I've seen the movie a ton of times. Such a good movie. But it's so, like, that was Arnold at his peak. Yeah. Man, I need he to was that so movie again. awesome. It's been probably 10 years since I've seen it. The only, the well, the biggest missed opportunity of all time, although they could have done it after as well, but what is it like? They should have made like 15 Conan movies. Oh yeah. Back then, movies were also so, underrated. Yeah. Predator Two. Totally yeah, underrated. But Arnie ben, one of the there. best endings. No, but there, one of the so. best endings. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I watched it total tangent. I just want to make this comment. Okay. Back in the day, there'd be like a Conan movie, and maybe a second one. There'd be like a Star Wars movie, and then maybe a second and a third and whatever. And like they they had this way, you know, they didn't have the budgets or whatever. And they would like do one or two movies, maybe like classics. Now it's like it seems like there's a Star Wars movie all the time. They have I, to milk things for every dollar oh, they're God. worth, and they can't just let things be classic. I never saw the new Star Wars movie. Yeah, I'm like five I missed behind it. now. Yeah, yeah, but I missed it. It's the first time I waited in line for Star Wars movies. I went to the the originals in the theaters with my parents. Like I this time I was like, yeah, I'm not they're gonna just go. Watering down. Yeah, they're horrible. Yeah. They're horrible. Yeah. Oh, they're just so <laughs> crap. Right. Good thing Maiden's not doing that with their albums. They've yeah. all been awesome. They're better. Yeah. Brave New World. Yeah. The Great. Brave New World of Maiden. No weak points on this album so No far. weak points. I would say there isn't yeah. one weak spot yet. They're, they're not managed by Disney yet. <laughs> not yet. This no. beer, the uh, Cause and Effect amazing. Blonde from Nickel Brewing. Oh, I wouldn't say it's amazing. It it's was pretty good. good. It really quenched the thirst. Mm. It was good while I was uh, talking to like It went too quick for me. Yeah. went too quick. Yeah. Yeah, but that's a good sign. Yeah, I'd buy some more of those in the summer when it was hot out, but I wouldn't. Yeah. Them, I wouldn't go to them. It's not a winter beer. No, and we're still hanging down into winter here. Oh God, seems, yeah, I know. Seems like it's a never. Technically ending. spring according we, to the calendar, but we don't usually <laughs> have much of a spring. We have a few feet of snow. We in the have a good still. fall though. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right, let's wrap it up. Get us on Twitter or Facebook yeah. or talkingmaiden at gmail.com. Yeah. Let us know what you think of 
any of these songs. Yeah. Because at the end, we'll kind of get into some feedback. Yeah, we will. Yeah. We'll do. We'll get there We've gotten eventually. a couple of uh, bit controversial ones. I got one I haven't shown you yet that I don't know if you read it or not. Oh. Uh, very controversial. <laughs> controversy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good to know. All right. Until next time, up the irons, down the hops. Yeah.